This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hello, Dreamers, and welcome to episode 143 of the Dreamers Disease podcast with me, Alex Manzi. And after going through my own battles with depression and anxiety, I wanted to create a platform for you to join me on this journey of becoming richer in mind, body, and soul. And whether that's a discussion about everyday struggles, or hearing the story of an inspirational guest, or even hearing some of my own personal experiences, we aim to inspire you to start making a positive change in your life. And right now, there's obviously a lot of changes happening in the world. There's a lot of things going on. You know, there's this outbreak of the coronavirus or COVID-19. So a lot of things are changing. A lot of people's plans are up in the air. So for me, it's really important to keep connecting with people and keep recording episodes like this. Because on this week's episode, I'm joined by Vicky Sarius, who is a blogger, an ex-film director and TV director. And she's doing amazing things in the world. Her blog, Honest Mum, is really, you know, helping people through things. She's got programs out there that people can sign up to. She's a best-selling author. She's doing really amazing things. And I think more than anyone, Vicky is feeling the, you know, the adaptation to, to what's happening. Because although she's always been someone since starting her journey 10 years ago, who's worked at home and kind of does her own thing, you know, she's now in this situation where she's got to help educate her children from home and you know there's all these all these changes to her day-to-day life which we're all feeling so it's very very important like I said to keep having these conversations and in this episode we spoke about you know adapting to the situation we spoke about how motherhood can be lonely how your passions give you purpose and we also spoke about the importance of setting boundaries for yourself so before we jump in I just want to thank you for being here for listening for joining me and Vicky for this conversation do make sure you subscribe if you like what you hear and right now, let's jump straight in and hear from Vicky. Hey, Alex, I'm well. Are you okay? So far, so good. Hi. I mean. <laughs> yeah, keeping safe. And I hope you, I hope you are too as well. So, you know, yeah, it's very basically. strange times we're living in right now. but Really weird, because we were meant to do this live together, weren't we, in the same room? So yes. this is social distancing aka recording podcast yeah social distancing at its finest i think (laughs) yeah exactly but we can see each other through the video through the skype and uh, yeah i love that our art it continues right like we're working like despite adversity if you look at like the history so this you know i think exactly like now as well like the main thing is like for me is like to keep making stuff because people are going to want a bit of positivity a bit of like something to listen to to watch to check out you know of all the time people have got on their hands at home so it's important to keep keep making stuff you can't let like a okay right you can't record face to face you can't let that stop you you have to continue you know with right that's it how can I change how can I adapt and that's what I love sometimes is like you have to find those ways to make it work Absolutely. And throughout history, we've always had restrictions to art, to like creativity, whether it's like financial time and particularly as like a working mum, I know about that and the juggle. And like right now, I've just, they're on homeschool lunch break. I don't usually homeschool my kids, but obviously with what's going on, they're homeschooled and it's just going, right, I've got this, this slice of time. Let's do a podcast or it actually makes you very focused, I think. And because you don't have a lot of time, so you have to use it wisely. So. Exactly. So, so, how, so one of the things that I've been doing, right, is I've been kind of creating a structure for my day, particularly the morning. So like I've been getting up and we, we were talking a bit about this earlier. I've been getting up, doing like 30, 40 minutes yoga, have a nice healthy breakfast, take a shower. Then I'll do like 10, 15 minutes of meditation. 
Um, and then actually what I've been doing is I've been doing a live meditation on Instagram at 10 a.m. every day. And then I've been like planning out my day, like writing up a to-do list. And then the rest of the day is kind of spent getting through the to-do list. So how have you been keeping a little bit of structure to your day? Because like you said, you've got the kids at home now and you're kind of, yeah, everything's kind of a little bit up in the air. So they, this is like the fourth day or whatever. I know you're going out later that they've been off, but um, we, I've really structured things quite a lot for them they've probably done more learning in like one day than what they'd usually do I've crammed in too much I think so I need to go a bit more a bit more steady for me um I've been doing like yeah lots of breathing exercises yoga from home to keep myself strong because I think particularly for my kids and this is the same whether you've got kids or not if you've got other people that are kind of you know relying on you to be a bit of an anchor really I've made sure that my mental health is as strong as it can be we're all worried we're all very Mm -hmm. concerned but I want my kids to feel as sort of stable as possible and that when they look at me they're not they're not worried because things are you know, as normal as they can be in the sense they're surrounded by love. We're doing fun stuff. Like we're doing a project on sunflowers. We're like, you know, they've got online learning, which is cool. Um, so what we've done is we've woken up in the morning, Monday to Friday, Joe Wicks's, you know, workout. He's doing amazing. What a ledge, like getting the nation, particularly the nation of kids fit. This is really important. So they exercise, particularly when you're contained indoors and also mentally yeah. so important. Um, I am limiting news as much as I can to 10 minutes yeah. a day. Because, I think that's a really big one, that. Yeah, it's because if you look at places like Twitter, they amplify news and panic. I mean, yeah, it's great that news is on there. It's breaking news, but there's a lot of panic going on. And I just want to go to the source. I'm watching, you know, Boris's speeches. I am looking at, you know, World Health Organization. I'm looking at BBC News, but I am trying to limit it. There's days when I'm not and I've probably consumed hours of news and then I'm having nightmares and I'm, you know, because it's, we need balanced commentary right now. And what happens with algorithms, because I know quite a lot about tech, obviously, because I've worked in it for 10 years now, is that the more, you know, people are looking for clickable links they want people to, they want, you know, the algorithm works very well with fear. So, and the more people are scared, the more they're watching news, the more they're consuming, the more they're buying, the more they're clicking. And then that gets kind of, I know that Google are being quite good and a lot of the social handles being quite good about saying, you know, this is fake news, this is unsubstantiated and we need more of that. We need more regulation, but also I think we've got to protect ourselves as well. Yes, be informed, but don't be obsessed. Exactly. And I think one of the things that I found really helpful is, is a limiting the news, like the, the kind of the bad news as it were. And I've started to follow a lot of the accounts who are, who are um, spreading the kind of positive news that is coming out of this situation. So there's like an account I follow called the happy newspaper and they're not necessarily just focusing on coronavirus, but they're, they're focusing on just like positive news. And there's an, another couple of accounts whose names I can't quite remember right now, but they're sharing the stories of like, actually like the uh, pollution rates around China have seriously dropped since they've gone into lockdown. Like Venice is another great example where the, the canals in Venice, the water has been clearer than it's been for 60 years. There's ducks returning to the canals. There's dolphins starting to swim up them. So there's like, oh. there are some really positive stories coming out of it as well as the kind of, negative and I think what's important for us to remember is that like 
okay, yeah, there's a negative situation to hand, but there's also a positive that comes with it. And whenever there's a negative, there's a positive that comes with it. So I'm trying to focus more on limiting the intake of the negatives. Of course, it's you have to keep on top of it to stay aware, but also yeah. like trying to find actually where, where are the positive stories that are coming out of this as well. And it's things like we were just talking about Joe Wicks doing his daily um, workouts. I've got a friend, Kira, who's also doing like daily workouts. There's people who are like, like myself doing daily meditations on Instagram live. There's people who are doing like making really fun um, games out of uh, like the situations so, like Mo the comedian. I don't know if you follow him every day. He's been doing the quarantine games on his Instagram live. So he has like a, a spin wheel behind him and he selects like a random uh, viewer on his Instagram live to, to be his uh, p participant and stuff. So it's like, oh, there's really fun that. stuff that's coming out of it as well. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. Um, it's a level yeah exactly like, exactly. A leveler, like it's bringing us all together and it's reminding us that we need to connect in like more meaningful ways and that we've and also it reminds us that you know none of us are invincible and we've got to just protect ourselves protect our worlds like i hope that at the end of this like when we all come through it as a world that people make changes like lasting change that we don't just forget that you know and, and yeah. take it for granted because i know like i the things that I'm going to do differently when things exactly. get back to normal. And, um, you know, just saying to my kids today, like, you know, mommy is not going to be doing work unless you're on a break or at the end of, you know, at the end of the, the day, basically, like when you're asleep. And my eldest just was like, yeah, he gave me a really big hug because he was like, I'm going to mm -hmm. get mommy, like, undisturbed. Because even on a weekend, you know, I, I am quite strict. I try not to work on weekends and sheep, but inevitably there'll be times where like things have got pushed aside. And for me, it's just so lovely to just, it's a luxury because as parents, we're all so busy and that goes for every parent. I read a saying the other day, you know, every mum's a working mum and they are like stay at home mums are even busier than working mums. So, you know, this is a period where we can like be, be like quite mindful as parents, I think. Yes, we might be going bananas. I mean, day one of homeschool, I wanted to divorce my entire family. <laughs> so it is not, I'm not saying this stuff is easy, but you know, but you can, we're, we're having a lot of fun. I used to be a teacher many years ago. I used to teach English GCSE. Yeah. And um, obviously my kids are younger, so that's not that useful. But some of the stuff I was like, wow, it's reminded me like I really loved teaching and yeah. it's so rewarding. So. Okay, so then what, what advice then have you got from A, your, your own personal experience now, but also from a teaching or a past teaching perspective for anyone who's at home and they might have younger siblings or they might have kids and they are having to homeschool or keep the kids entertained? What, what tips have you got for that? Um, I would just cut yourself a bit of slack, first of all, like do a schedule. So we did sort of a broad schedule. So we know we're going to have reading in there. There's going to be some maths. Schools are being really good in the sense that they are giving time. To, they're giving like access to logins so kids can work online in a lot of schools. Um, I did first things first, and it doesn't matter at what stage you are in the kind of homeschool thing. 
I did a massive sort out. So I like Marie Kondoed my whole apartment, their bedroom, yeah. like sorted out books for each child, like sharpened all the pencils. I've got a box, even like use like shoe boxes. And I put like all the pencils and all the Tupperware, like just sorted out. So I basically created a classroom in my lounge so that I felt really prepared. And actually I went a bit bonkers and I ended up doing the whole <laughs> spring clean the whole place. Even like my husband's box of shorts, he's like, what the hell is a shoe box? I was like putting all the box. I went mental. But I just feel that we can't control like like life, right? So the bits that we can control, just sort your bedside table out. Sort your dressing table. I have got tea bags of stuff for charity. So when I'm allowed again to kind of drop at the charity shops, I live in Windsor, there's loads of charity shops here. There is lots of stuff from books that my kids have read and will not reread, you know, to all sorts of things. And I think it's been a really great way to like sort stuff out. And I said to my husband, I can't believe it's like, I'm quite good at, I'm quite organized, but I said, I can't believe it's taken to now to organize like every crevice, every drawer, you know, you feel calm, you feel a lot more calm. So do that first, get your timetable. And then just, you know, but be a bit fluid. These kids are going through stuff as well. Sorry, sorry, yeah. No, I was just going to say, I, I totally agree. It's like, you know, on the note of what you're saying, in, in using the time to sort stuff out, it's like one of the, the, the things that I've been saying a lot, and I'm going to continue to beat this drum as long as we're in this situation, is that, like, use this time wisely. Like, all mm. the stuff that you don't usually get a, a chance to do, like sorting out your room or finally clearing out the loft or, you know, teach yourself a, a language or learn an instrument or do do the gardening you never get to do or you know have those extra hours sleep that you don't normally get like there's so much opportunity to use the time in a really positive way and yes it's stressful yes obviously everyone's going through a really tough situation and there's very big you know issues happening you know in the healthcare system and all that sort of stuff but individually like while we're being enforced to kind of stay indoors use the time in a positive way in your household and for your family and your space your time and I think you know, it will make us reframe our minds and, and how we think about things. And, you know, even like we're talking about how, you know, uh, homeschooling kids, I think now there's what this will do is it, it's shown there's a big problem in the school system because you're looking at the kids who are going through the GCSEs and the A-levels and, you know, all the exam period kids, like the, the schools are now trying to figure out, oh God, these, these kids can't do their exams. Like how are we going to grade them? Like the whole mm-hmm. school system shouldn't be based on like three days of exams or a week of exams. Like there should be provisions in place that if something like this has happened or a kid, you know, can't make the last month of school for whatever reason, through illness or an injury or something, like they can still be graded based on the previous year or the two, three years they've been in school. And I think things like that, and even the way that people are now working from home, businesses will see that actually we can still function as a business and be more fluid and now our allow our um, uh, employees more flexibility to work from home. Yeah. And I just think there's so much reshaping that will come out of this whole situation. I definitely think in the workspace, I don't know enough about the school. I think, you know, I'm lucky my kids go to brilliant schools and I yeah. think it is a tricky thing. And having been a teacher myself, um, I think that, you know, so I don't know what happens in exceptional circumstances with kids that need extra time. Um, I think schools are really trying their best. So, you know, I wouldn't be able to comment on that, but in terms of like work, 
I think absolutely this is showing us that we can record podcasts from our bedrooms. We can have loads of Zoom meetings. I um, see a therapist and I'm going to have like a FaceTime therapy session tomorrow. Like, wow, like we don't, yes, there's something so wonderful about face-to-face and seeing people and, you know, we're a tactile, like, you know, humans, aren't we? Like I miss hugging my friends and, you know, and, and all of that kind of stuff. But there is a lot of time that doesn't need to be wasted as well. And I think that what this will do is it will shake up the industries and it will also make people realize, and a lot of people have realized this already, that working from home is really productive. That, you know, um, in fact, I think research showed that more work was done when you are giving people the chance to work from home. Flexible working, particularly for mums, is vital. We are given a short straw in the workforce. So, you know, this is going to hopefully really drum home the fact that we can do our jobs. Because look at us, like we're homeschooling now on top of our work and people are still getting stuff done. Um, So I think that people, the culture, we're going to have a culture shift. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And what what you mentioned there, like the the imbalance for women in in the workplace, what are some of the struggles then that generally i mean we're going to have to kind of generalize a little bit that 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 women face in the workplace um inflexible working like the the a lot of corporations won't let you do three or four days or or you know there's this quote i can't remember who it's by and it said you know you have to work as if you're not a mum and you know parent as if you don't work and that is just hard that is so difficult and it's why i set up my blog so i used to be a tv director and a filmmaker one of like very few women in the industry i mean as i think it's like a four percent female directors or something ridiculous um and i set up my blog on mat leave um i'd planned to kind of go back to directing and i did for a bit but it was really hard because especially as a director, you know, you're working 12 hour days. You are like the mum of the set anyway, whether you have a kid or not, like um, your vision is everything. And it's really, really tough. And I just sort of set up my blog, Honest Mum, not imagining it would become my business. And within like, you know, two years, it was like my full-time job and it was a flexible full-time job. Within weeks, I was getting you know offered ads and stuff and that was you know to advertise brands to do to work with you know even in the education sector to advertise this sixth form like ultimately I got to a point fairly quickly going wow I can actually earn the same living as as directing but I can see my kids it's flexible it's part-time and then it later became like a full-time job and it was really like liberating and then since then I've shared everything I know and now I've brought out digital video courses um with the working mothers academy which are online and women parents dads can come on and they can learn everything about creating an online business and I think this is a really good time to learn like you mentioned about the language I want to brush up on my French like I used to speak pretty decent French now I'm just not confident so we've got all these courses where the first one is how to get the confidence to launch then it's how to you know there's various different courses to becoming an Instagrammer to setting up a six-figure plus business to you know there's a membership community it's a real I hope it's going to help lots and lots of women and I think once we get into this new groove as well we'll work out where are those pockets of time the good thing about this is 
quick videos. So you watch the videos, you do the worksheets, and it and it can transform your life. Like honestly, I've yeah, shared amazing. it. Yeah, amazing. Mm -hmm. We'll have to make sure that it, send me over the links and stuff, and we'll make sure yeah, that anyone who's absolutely. listening and wants to check it out, they can find it in the in the show description. Yeah. Thank you so much. It all sounds amazing. And it's cheap. It's not expensive to, to, yeah. to buy the courses. The first course is $9. The Instagram course, I think, is 24 Maybe don't quote me on it. But they're, they're really like, there's not a barrier yeah. to entry in terms of these That's courses. Um, so I just, yeah, I really want to help, help other people. So hopefully that's what's going to happen. Because now yeah. as amazing. well. Amazing. And that's one of the... I was just going to say that's one of the things that I think is really important as well. And not, you know, not just with your courses, but for courses in general is like, you know, I've looked into stuff in, in, in the past and they always seem to be really expensive. And it's like, you think like, Oh God, like you don't want to risk spending yeah. the money because it's like, okay, if I spend 200 pounds, am I going to get what I want out of it? Or is it not going to be a good course? So for me, a lot of the stuff that I do, like the podcast and making content on Instagram and putting stuff on YouTube and I, I write, I've started to rewrite my blog and, you know, doing the live meditations I was speaking about, it's, it's about giving people access and as much access as possible Absolutely. to the things they, they want to understand because like there should be no big barrier to entry for certain things. And yes, obviously some people will charge huge amounts of money and probably rightly so, but there mm. also, there, there never seems to be a lower end of it. You know, it's always like... No, this is a really like, you know, the, the one that is how to create your business that is really big the biggest part of the course is more expensive but it's still not super expensive by any means and we've got these cheaper courses as well and they're really useful um for me like my blog all these things are free for people you know I've written for a decade made videos and I've worked with brands that I really care about and they're the people that have a lot you know have paid me so that I can keep doing what I love um this is a really exciting business that's going to help a lot of women um it's going to help you rediscover what it is that you want to do and also give you it's it's very much like very pragmatic and practical tips so that you can literally listen do the course and just go off and launch and i think yeah. that's really important it's kind of the course that i wish i had um when i started out for me because i used to be a teacher and because i used to be a director and a lot of those jobs are about nurturing and getting the best out of people and also yeah. teaching informing leading um you know this kind of area feels like really natural to me and it's where I can play to my best strengths and something that I enjoy like I genuinely want to help other people so um yeah, yeah. let's I hope it I hope people like it yeah so so you mentioned that like when you started you wish you'd had something like this so back like I mean you've been going like 10 years with your blog and stuff like what what for you then was the main purpose of starting because like I said I, I, I've relaunched my I mean I've relaunched it because I put it on hold for like a couple of months but I've relaunched my blog because I want people to have access to stuff that I feel will help them through this period so when you started your blog like 10 years ago mm. what what was the purpose of it because like you said you were working in tv and film directing and then you you were on maternity leave so why mm. what made you think I'm going to start a blog um, lot, there were a few women in America doing it. A really good friend of mine, Aman Kaitapia, who's um, also a director and she um, blogs now. At that point, she didn't have a baby and I would ring her telling her about this like crazy world I was in because I went from, you know, leading hundreds of people on set, having a really busy life to suddenly like maternity leave. I had a really tricky birth, had an emergency section. I was, it was traumatic. I felt so depressed and low 
it's lonely and this is what people don't tell you like motherhood is so lonely like mm. you're on your own most of the time yeah you can make some friends but are you even strong enough to be out and about and kind of nurture new friendships it's a tricky tricky old time so i think um she she was the one who inspired me because she kept ringing me going write a blog write a blog write a blog and i was like oh i don't know i don't know so she badgered me and then within sort of weeks it was nominated for an award at the brit mums awards and then it was um yeah and then people were ringing me to work with me and i was thinking how do i even work with a brand on a blog this is crazy they had to explain to me and i was like oh okay um and then just and then i got to make this amazing community Uh, I got to make amazing friends, sorry, you know, and be part of this community and sort of, it's just grown from there and it's evolved as I've evolved as a mum, as a writer and just so many crazy things have happened. I wrote a book called Mum Boss. It comes out in America on September the 1st. It's called The Working Mum. That's Mm -hmm. the American title. Um, And I've, I've had some amazing experiences where a lot of my directing backgrounds really helped me. You don't need that to launch you don't need that background to be successful i've kind of shared what i know you need to commit to honing your voice you need to be consistent like google search engines want you to blog twice a week so that they rank you it's kind of like if you show google that you are writing good at stuff that's meaningful interesting if you're you know if you're writing anything medical you back it up you you know, get expert opinion, whatever it is, you make sure that you're credible. Google will reward you and it will make you an authority in certain areas. You'll become like a thought leader. It sounds like pie in the sky, but it isn't, you know, it's completely possible. Um, And for anybody, and that's what I love about the internet. It's democratic, you know, it's put the work in and it will pay you back. One of the things I always feel is when I was a director, it was like you would put 100% in and you would only ever get 50% back with blogging, with social, Mm. with online, if you put 50% in, you get a hundred back. Like it is in your favor, people. Like this is what, excuse me, I don't know people if they even get it, understand it, but please know that because it's this free decentralized platform that just wants you to create, even Jay Wick said today in his um, workout that his first live workout had like 20 people, then 100, and then he just kept going. He had nearly a million people tune in today. Wow. And my son was yeah. like, that's so inspiring, mummy. He was like, that's amazing. Like, you've got to keep going. Everyone's got to keep going. And I'm thinking, wow. So, um, yeah, you know, we've got to just be focused, get our heads down, but also importantly, have fun. Like, this is, that's what art should be about. That's what creativity should be about. We should be enjoying it. And I think if people can see you enjoying it, they are compelled towards you. They are, you become this like, this, you become magnetized. Like people are drawn to you because they can see that you love this stuff, that you want to like share your message. You want to create something. You want to write something that touches them. So I'm sorry, I'm being really talkative. You can tell that like, I've not spoken to an adult for about (laughs) a week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nothing does. But I think you're right though. I think like the happiness and the passion, they they come intertwined and it's like, once you find something that you're passionate about, it brings out happiness in you. And the more happy you what you feel within yourself, the more confident you feel, the more you want to share your passion. And then the cycle continues. And I think like that's why I do what I do is because I love doing it. I love like creating stuff that inspires people to find clarity and happiness in their lives. 
I love finding ways to engage people in, in different, um, different bits of content like podcast, blog, live meditations, you know, wh- whatever it is. And it's like, I think that's the important thing. And for you, you mentioned that when you started your blog, you'd come out of a, a, a traumatic um, a birth that you'd given to your son. So how, how was that? And how did starting the blog help you through that situation? I mean, I was still in the midst of trauma when I started blogging. I was very, very low. I was really unwell. And it, the blog actually helped me because it made, it gave me purpose. Obviously, my kid gave me purpose, but I was so, like, uh, unwell, like, mentally unwell that I, you know, it was, that I read somewhere, like, art saves us all or something. I can't remember where I saw that. And yeah. it kind of made me think, like, mentally, it really helps me um, to have something to write. Also, other things like CBT, you know, thanks to the NHS, I had, like, therapy. I moved closer to my mum and dad, like, all these things, you know. It was like a three-pronged attack. Also, talking to my husband, he's, like, my rock. You know, I'd never really admitted how hard it was. It took, like, 10 months to do that. So I think, you know, I think that we self-silence sometimes when we're going through things. Because you've got to remember, this was 2010. No one was even blogging. Like, I had to explain to people what a blog was. We had, like, people in America, but it wasn't sort of a big thing here. I was actually one of the first bloggers in every genre. It was bonkers. So we didn't have this, like, open conversation about mental health. And you would... I would meet with mums, NCT mums, which is, like, a group that kind of you can go to sort of learn about becoming a mum. And no one was talking about how hard it was. And that's not to criticise them because I wasn't all. No one was talking about anything. We were just, you know, acting as if everything's fine and that our whole lives hadn't changed. And the thing is, if people don't speak up, how do you have the strength to speak up without fear? So it was a really tricky time. And actually, my blog really helped me, um, you know, moving close to Yorkshire now we've come back we live in Windsor but at the time was just so nourishing and I think you know second time motherhood I was I took control of lots of things in the sense that you know um like I I had this liver condition in pregnancy with my first kid and I made sure that I was constantly tested with my second kid I didn't get it even though I had a high odds of getting it it's called um obstetric cholestasis but I was on it you know and I took charge you know a bit like if you're the back seat kind of passenger but then in my second pregnancy I'm like I'm driving this car like me I am going to try and demand like healthcare the best I can you know not even demand that's the wrong word just be on top of it you know and just be like to my GP can we you know can we check my bloods early or can we just I felt and especially therapy it gave me like an emotional first aid kit so that I felt more prepared and actually that stuff is helping me now with what we're going through, the mindfulness, the, the breathing in, by, in with four, out with four or five or whatever you want to do, six, just like really being able to center myself. And uh, it's really interesting because recently, about a few weeks ago, I started therapy up again before Corona would like hit in a big way the UK. Um, I just kind of felt like it would give me, I just felt overwhelmed with stuff and, um, and actually, again, it's really, really helping me to live in the moment and to sort of, I, I think what's good about therapy is it tell, it, you, you don't spend a lot of time on your childhood and the formative years, but you spend enough time, particularly with CBT, to join the dots. So when yeah. things are coming up or fear is coming up or 
health anxiety, whatever it may be, you're able to go, right, I get it. Like, because this happened when I was young. So this is why, but I'm not 11 anymore. I'm 39 and I'm in control. And, and I think for me, the greatest thing I've ever done is have therapy. Honestly, if, this is the third mm. time I'm having it. I had a big operation on my throat about 22 months ago. And that was scary. You know, couldn't swallow very well. Um, felt choky. Had to remain calm. If I didn't remain calm, it would affect my throat. So can you imagine like feeling yeah. panicked? If you feel, for me, I'm like, I'm a strong person. And actually, unless you face adversity, you don't know what if you're strong. Like, and most people are really, really strong. They don't realize. So I think sharing that journey had loads of people sending me messages about it i actually had the picture of me in my throat had like a big cloth like a big thing on it um so you couldn't see it but um, i put it on instagram my dad was like vicky can you take that down it's really upsetting me because i just come like it isn't a bad or gory picture or any means but he just said you look like a little wounded bird so i took it down (laughs) for my dad um but you know it's I just wanted to be real. And actually it's a two way street when you're going through stuff, whatever it is at whatever time, um, you, it helps you as a creator to write, even if you don't hit publish, even if it helps to get it on the page. And, and actually for me, when I started my blog, I didn't even write about the trauma because I wasn't even able to at that point because I was still, I was just writing about things that were distracting and funny and, you know, funny things that my dad did. I'm not, not saying I'm funny, but he's very funny. So, but it took five years to write about that trauma when I'd come out of it. But actually having a platform, whether you have two people reading you or two million, what matters is just you doing stuff that, that heals you, that makes you have fun. That, yeah. you know, so that's, that's how I feel. And I think... That's, that's, that's exactly how I feel as well with, with making stuff. And I know I've got a lot of friends who write blogs and have podcasts. And first of all, it's like if the podcast or the content or whatever it is that you're making it, and it doesn't have to be something physical for other people to read or listen to. Like you said, it could just be your own journaling. Like if it's serving you, like that is one of the most important things because you need to understand yourself there needs to be a level of like self-awareness and recognition of the things that you feel the things that make you feel anxious to feel the, the things that make you feel happy the things that make you feel sad that fill you with joy so that you can fully understand and be like more in tune with your body and your mm-hmm. energy because the more you can do that and the more understanding you have the more stable you become later down the line and in in in, in other moments when those moments occur and different things happen in your life you you begin to adapt differently because you go, oh, actually, I know how I deal with this. I know how I feel about this. And I know that this feeling is just a temporary thing and I, I can move on from it if I can deal with it in the right way. So I think that process That's is super, really super important. Yeah, super important. And like for you, um, what was it like, or can you remember at least the, the, the first time that you reached out to someone to speak about what you'd been going through yeah I think I realized yeah I think I realized really early on well I knew that I was struggling like day one you know and I had like OCD and I was really worried and I just wasn't myself and I think it took like 10 months to sort of talk to my husband my mum and dad and just be like right I'm just not well and I went home for Christmas sorry Vicky can I just ask what what do you think stopped you 
from speaking to them for such a long time as well. I think because we are told, particularly as women, that this is the job that we were born to do and that I felt like I was failing, like a lot of women feel that way. That if you're not, like, if you don't feel you're having, like, a great time or you're struggling or, you know, it's a really, really, you've got your hormones against you in many ways, you've got all the pressures, first time mum, you're lonely. I mean, I was the first out of all my friends to have a baby. I was 28, I think at the time. And as a director as well, that is really young to have had a baby. So I just felt all the fit, like isolated, lonely, like I was messing up, you know, dealing with trauma where I was rushed to have a C-section and just, just the whole thing. So I think it took a long time to sort of and when you've got this black cloud over you, it's really hard to just to talk about it and to, yeah. And I think the self-silencing makes it worse. So then it took, so I ended up talking to my mum and dad. So I went back for Christmas and was like, do you know what? I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm just going to stay. And I said to my husband, let's just move, you know, let's just move back to Leeds or let's just take it week by week. Cause, and then just talking to them and opening up and saying, look, God, you know, I need some help. And I actually went to the GP and the GP was like, you look fine. It was a locum. I remember it really, really well. He's like, you look fine. I'm like, I have perfected looking fine. I promise you I'm not fine. So, and at that point they used to refer you. Now you can self-refer. I know there's a really long waiting list, but, um, and basically, yeah, I, I saw this great guy, Toby, he's in my book and he fixed me back together, but they teach you how to heal yourself through like all sorts of things, talking about things and yeah. And it was because of him that I felt strong enough to go and have another baby and that was a very different pregnancy very calm very different calm birth the whole thing um and I think yeah so I would definitely recommend therapy but there's also lots of apps online now so if you feel like the therapy is taking a long time or you can't access it um there's a really great book I read recently by Rangan Dr. Rangan Chatterjee I think I've said that yes. correctly um, yeah, Chatterjee, yeah. yeah. And it's such a cool book. And in it, he says, five, 15 minutes a day of exercises. And I've bought that book for so many of my friends and family. I just read it and loved it. It's so simple. What's and so the title fine. of it? Because I know he's just so, oh, re- he's released me, the second yeah, one, isn't he? Yeah, no, that's his book. Let me see if I've got it on my book. Hey. Is it the, sh- it's the stress? Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. It? is. Feel better in five. Oh, that's the um, one, yeah. Yeah. Let me just do my book as well. <laughs> I always forget to do my book, Mum Boss. But um, basically, it's a brilliant book. And in it, he said, like, he does all these different exercises and that you should do. And he, it's all independent. I'm sorry for you all this. <laughs> I didn't take my own advice and I stayed up reading Twitter until 4 a.m. So definitely <laughs> won't be doing that tonight. Um, yeah. So um, he says, pick three exercises uh, and stick to them for a few weeks and then look at some other ones so one the ones that I'm doing there's a thing called a download and it's a bit like morning notes I don't know if you've heard of morning notes and you yeah, just yeah. write everything and you just let it go and it's just kind of a stream of consciousness and with morning notes you can do that in the morning he says you know do it whenever that's really useful because there's something really there's something scientific that that's different to, to tapping on your laptop than writing pen to paper and pencil to paper that that really helps you kind of release and process um and 
also like breathing exercises and he does HIIT workouts. And actually, if you can stick to 15 minutes a day, he's got case studies where his patients have healed themselves, changed their lives, become healthier. I know for me, like if I'm stressed, I hold it in my throat, I get like acid reflux, things like that. So I know that I have to put deep breathing even for 10 minutes, 15 minutes can just eradicate all of that. And I don't think people realize yeah. we have the skills, the armor to heal. One of the biggest lessons I've learned though that I think underpins everything we've talked about, absolutely everything is, and it sounds really like cringe, but like self-love. Because I think if you are not kind to yourself and you don't work out ways to really like yourself, like to say, do you know what? I would want to be your friend. Then I don't think... I don't think we, we can do much. Does that make sense? We can't do any yeah. good because, you know, it's that whole thing about hurt people hurt people, right? That saying. And I think you've got to heal your hurt. You've got to like yourself. And look, there's going to be times when you're not going to feel that way. Like, for instance, when women have PMT, you know, for me anyway, it's like, I hate the way I look. I hate my body. I, you know, but I just have started to go, do you know what, Vicky? I know this is PMT. I'm going to forgive myself being really hateful towards myself. I know in a, in a week, I'm not going to be as awful about myself and I'm going to feel better. So I think it's just really reflecting, stopping, pausing, reflecting, but also talking to yourself. My therapist said that you need eight positives to counteract one negative. So eight positives. Oh, really? Wow. So I'm just working on all of that stuff. I think we have to commit to it. Definitely. Yeah, and I think like what you you touched on there with uh, Dr. Chatterjee's book about spending that little bit of time each day. And I think like for me, I always break it down into like 1%. Like what's the 1% value that you can add each day, every day? Because when you break it down to like, okay, I just need to do 10 minutes of meditation or I just need to do 15 minutes of exercise or stretching or something or 15 minutes of journaling, whatever it is, if you break it down into that really tiny, small amount of time, that little 1%, it doesn't seem so overwhelming. If you go right, I'm going to start a six-week exercise and fitness and diet plan. You so straight true. away, you go, oh, my God, I don't know where to start. But if you go, right, actually, today, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to eat meat, for example, and I'm going to mm. do 10 minutes of stretching. That is so achievable. And if yeah. you can do that every day, you start to see the benefits off the back of it. And I think that's the biggest learning I've had is like not being overwhelmed by the big picture of things. And I still do it with a lot of things. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not yeah. like some Buddha. But like, you know, it's, it's about breaking, breaking things down and looking them in the face at what's the achievable thing you can do every day and every moment. And that's and when it starts to, to become simple. To it, aren't you? Are you in your exactly. 20s or 30s, Alex? I'm early 30s. I'm 32. Yeah. So, and I think there's a real pressure, like generationally in our 30s that I don't know, like it would seem to be a lot easier for like our parents' generation in a way to, to sort of, not easier I'm not sort of but I feel like there's a lot of pressure people expect you to have been successful as you, like when I think about my own parents like they were a lot more successful than I yeah. am now at their age at 39 in terms of like the house they own the you know the size of the house their earnings and actually it's not really comparable because we're living in a very different environment and I think part of that has created a lot of stress for people in, in their 30s like I'm 39 yeah. so I'm brain it i'm going to be 40 november i just feel like 
yeah and I think we need to just get back to basics and I think yeah like you say one of the very few silver linings of what's going on right now is that we are realizing how lucky we are and how grateful yeah. we are and something that I do with my kids is like a gratitude diary and just but like you said it only takes a few minutes a day and because otherwise if you're like I'm going to totally change my life then it's it's too big like you stick to it for a few weeks and then you're you hate yourself because you didn't you didn't continue like I'm doing intermittent fasting gotta say absolutely starving now it's one o'clock I'm like oh my gosh I'm gonna eat my arm but I know that when I stick to that every day or as much as I can like sometimes I just do it like during the week for like five days in the week and then I have the weekends off I know I feel different my skin like blows more like you know, I feel healthier, my weight is lower and like stable, like just all these things. Like the fact is there's loads of health things that happen with fasting, but it's just going, do you know what? I'm not going to fast for the whole day. I'm just like going to stop eating. I'm going to do like a 14 or 16 hour fast. And most of that is when I'm asleep. So actually that's really achievable, right? I can do that most days. So, but if you said to me, you're just going to eat 800 calories a day because there's an 800 calorie diet, which as working for a lot of people, I like that need to lose weight. Like I wouldn't be able to stick to that. I just know it. I just know it. I mean, I, you know, I don't necessarily need to do that, but it's just that thing of let's make things realistic and obtainable um, and know that little things can have a big difference really. Yeah. So over everything then that you've kind of, you've been through and everything that we've been speaking about and therapy and, you know, building businesses and writing books and, you know, having the kids at (laughs) home and all this sort of stuff. If if we could go back in time and we could speak to a younger Vicky, so say Vicky, uh, let's say 20 years ago, what, what free bits of advice (laughs) would you give yourself to start doing? Definitely believe in yourself more. Um, I mean, I'm quite good in that self-belief thing. I don't know where it comes from, probably from my mum and dad. My default is you can do it. Like I've just, I was honestly just born that way. There have been times when I've doubted myself, of course, and like lost confidence and things like that. Of course, I'm normal. But overriding, like, you know, that whole thing, it's always been like, things are going to work out. I've always had this like insane positivity. And it doesn't mean I think I'm going to become like, you know like as a kid I had these dreams of ex it does it's not like an ego driven thing it's just like whatever happens it's gonna be okay like and I think that's but I would say to myself definitely have more self-belief because 20 years ago there were times when you know I I, I, I was really broken confidence and particularly 10 years ago I was a completely broken person when I had Oliver um in in the sense like no self-confidence no didn't believe my voice you know so I would have loved to have gone back and hugged that Vicky of 10 years ago and gone the worst period of your life is gonna shape you and it's gonna help you and uh, I, I would also say boundaries are really important. It's something I'm working on at the moment. I'm not, I don't think women are that good at the we're people pleasers, a lot of us. And I am generalizing, but I'm just talking about like, you know, we tend to be. Um, but that's also a societal thing that we are. If you look at stats, like government stats show that women lose four years of their work life compared to men. Um, very few women have got, you know, the same kind of economic stability. We're quite fragile economically because we raise children and then we look after elderly parents. And I think that comes um, 
you know, with quite a lot of pressure. And because of that, we're trying to please everybody. So I would say something I would like to do is really continue to do is work on boundaries on it's okay to say no. It's okay to say, I can't do this. Um, I'm really sorry, I'd like to help you, but I'm, you know, or I think those things are really important. And also there are people that I've had really, you know, you get that gut instinct about somebody and you think, mm they're not right and there's so many times particularly over the last few years when I've had that overriding feeling and I've ignored it or I've let other people say to me no 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 no, no. that they and those people were never for me and you yeah. know, they were jealous or they had issues that were affecting me or they just weren't the right person for me um, and another thing my therapist said is, you know, of course, we've got to be there for the bad times. We've got to be there when your friends are in trouble and like they are for me. And this isn't about that. This isn't saying like bail out on people. I'm very loyal. I'll be there for my friends. This is about saying if there's someone that is consistently wearing you down, making you feel shit about yourself, can we swear? You can beep it, right? Or whatever it is then you have to take control of that situation and go, no, I am not going to stay in that friendship, relationship. You've got to be really, and that's boundaries. So, so, self, so self-care, boundaries, or self, like self-confidence, boundaries. And I think have as much fun as possible. I think there was a lot of my 20s that was very consumed about making it as a director and yeah. making it as kind of, you know, making it as a director, making it as a, you know, and I think I got so consumed and I let filmmaking define me. Um, and definitely over the last few years, I love what I do, particularly in the last, I would say, since I had my operation, the last two years, that was a bit of a wake up call in that, you know what, health is wealth, number one. And secondly, you know, you don't, you need to do what makes you happy and need to have a lot more fun. And don't waste so much time on people that are just not for you. And I won't be for everyone either. Just spring clean your timelines, spring clean like your in real life stuff. Forgive people though, like move on, heal wounds, like give people chances. Like I'm not saying don't, like don't be, but also know your limits and go, do you know what? I've let that person off so many times now. Maybe that person's just not for me. And let them go with love, you know, and just be like, okay. Um, and I think, but I definitely think it all comes back to self-love. If you love yourself, then you are going to have good boundaries. You're going to have self-respect. You're not going to allow people to abuse you, use you, manipulate you, because you're going to see that straight away. Or you're going to see it quickly, whether it's a toxic relationship, friendship, work colleague, you're going to say, no, I respect myself too much I love myself too much for this now it doesn't mean you know like I say you don't have to do it in a hateful way of course we don't want that but this is boundaries you have to say I'm walking away now this is not for me or just don't have that conversation or just don't like protect your energy I hope this doesn't make me sound really negative um I think I've just learned a lot of lessons I've been let down by people like we all have. And it's taken me to almost 40 to be like, okay, this is how I want to live. And I'm not, I don't want my kids to take until this age to value themselves, to have self-respect, to know what's for them and what isn't. Like I want them to be empowered now and emotion like and like resilient from now no i think i don't think that sounds negative at all i think a lot of what um <clears throat> a lot of what you've just said is is 
it really relates and resonates with me in terms of like my own journey as well. And, you know, learning to love yourself, like you said, unleashes everything else because you learn to set boundaries. You learn to do all of the stuff you just said. And I think what what's amazing for us right now is that we're, we're going through this raising of consciousness within ourselves so that we can now pass it on to the younger generations. Now, you can yeah. raise your, your sons with this message. We can raise younger siblings, younger cousins, family members. We can start to educate the younger generations who will need to, to, to be growing up with this stuff so they don't Absolutely. go through the things that we did, especially in this day and age, because we've been you know, in the generation where there's been the big transition to like a digital online world and a lot of the pressures that you spoke about earlier come because we're so overexposed to everything and we're seeing mm. people be successful and we're seeing everything around us happening and we feel like we're not we're not doing anything we're not we're not um fulfilling anything but actually if you can just fulfill yourself that's the only thing that matters which leads know, me perfectly makes, go on. yeah go on i yeah. agree with you i think you're a really wise soul like and i Thank think you. what you're doing particularly you know, the fact that you're even interviewing me, you know, I'm someone who's in a different stage in my life shows like, this is what we need, right? We need to be yeah. communicating with people from all different backgrounds, experiences. Um, I think a lot of people are just um, often just talking to people exactly like themselves. And it's, and that isn't, that's like an echo chamber, right? We want to learn from other people. One of the big things, and I read a book called, um, Are You Listening? Is that, we have stopped listening to people. And even if people disagree with us, like, listen, like be open as in open to respectfully listen, even if you don't agree. And I think sometimes this is what social media is doing. It's got this cancel culture. We're not really listening. We're not debating. I was, you know, I was in a debating society and I think debating is really like healthy, mm. but yeah, what like we're losing that art of listening and losing that art of of understanding other people's viewpoints. And I think stuff like, you know, these podcasts talking like very honestly is so important. And this thing that everyone goes on about authenticity, it's, that's all we've got, right? So if we, if we stop those conversations, we're never going to learn from one another. Um, so I think like what you're doing is super important. I think that um, we need to, you know, what's amazing about all these mummy bloggers, all these mummy inst Instagrammers, or it's so wonderful because it's such a lonely, weird time in your life. It can be. Some people, you know, it isn't, but definitely first-time motherhood for a lot of people is really tough. And I think the fact that mums particularly are all talking about stuff and online, we feel less alone. We feel more able to get help. And, and I think in this time where the whole world is in turmoil, um, we're going to see more expression, more creativity, more ways to communicate effectively. I went to a conference and it was like at the um, at House of Commons and, and this woman had said that a lot of people that have unhealed trauma um, go on to like continue that trauma. It's inherited by people around them. It's, they're the ones that might go and, you know, whatever, it affects every element of your life. You become quite destructive. And I thought that really struck me that, you know, yes, life is not easy, it's hard, but if we give our children, if we give our siblings, if we give our friends means, tools to work through things, to be allowed to cry, there's a lot of toxic masculinity. We want men to be able to cry, talk about their feelings, you know, talk to other people, not feel that culturally there is like shame, that we need to do that. So I think that we're moving towards it. And I hope that, that this is what comes from this, that actually, well, we can talk about our pain and we can heal from it and we can move forward in a positive sure. way. 
For cool. sure. And what I was going to say is it all leads me on to my final question very yeah. perfectly. And I know cool. you've got to run. Yeah, so I've got home school. The bell's yeah, going to go. Ding, ding, ding. Exactly. I'm going to challenge you to answer it in one sentence. What does happiness mean to you? Ah, oh, I always ask people this question in my interviews. Um, from my, I've got a series and it's like no one's ever asked me that back, I don't think. Happiness is... I mean, happiness is my, is my family and friends. That's it. Like if I'm with them, they are, they make me happy. My kids can make me feel bonkers as well. Um, but happiness is, yeah, it's, it's health, isn't it? Number one, once you have that, you can, you can meet, you yeah. can health, physical and mental. And I really hope that everybody out there is, is, is staying well. And I'm, you know, thinking of everyone and uh, yeah. I've really enjoyed today and thank you so much Alex too. because stuff like this makes us happy right creativity as well yeah. that's it exactly. that's, yeah so cheers Alex and uh, hope to see you again and if I launch a podcast I'll get you on mine <laughs> yeah that'd be great we'll do a part two on yours yeah oh, take care Alex bye take thank care you too stay safe you bye, too. Vicky. bye thank Alex. you cheers Alex bye mate so there we have it guys that was Vicky I really hope you enjoyed this one and as you know you know I love a lot of these conversations but that one over Vicky was really cool because we were connecting on so many good levels and I really like Vicky's passion and the way she talks about her things but also you know her sense of direction in her life and her career and how she's now in a position where she's almost unnerving she's not ready to let anything shake her up and you can see how she's already adapting very well to, to the situation she's in with having the kids at home and having to educate them and all of this sort of stuff here and I think there's you know some really really great messages um, in this episode especially when it comes to you know setting boundaries and you know following your passions to give you purpose and all of the things you know like, and seeing more expression in the world and these sorts of things I think are really powerful messages so if you know someone who you think would really benefit from hearing this episode be sure to send it to them and, and send them the link or a screenshot because it's important that we continue to spread these positive vibes and messages of the podcast you know I started this podcast to help inspire positive change and you can also be a part of that by sharing the love and especially now you know we need that love and we need that inspiration that positivity more than ever and as ever guys you can connect with me on instagram at i am alex manzi my dms are always open so if you want to shoot me a question if you just want to chat if you want to say hello if you want to tell me what you liked about this episode or other episodes, feel free to hit me up there. You know, I'm always willing to chat to people, especially in times like this where we're all in need, we're all struggling, we're all feeling the heat of what's happening. That's what I'm here for. You know, I want to be part of these conversations with you. So feel free to shoot me a message at I am Alex Manzi. So thanks again for listening and I will see you for the next episode. This podcast is produced by Unedited.